Hello and welcome everyone to this week's Tapestry and FSF podcast. This week is myself, Jack, and my colleague, Jules. And we have a special guest this week, Joe Fitzgerald. Um, Joe, could you tell us a bit about yourself, your journey in education and what you do now? Yes, of course. So, um, hi there, everyone. So, my name's Joe Fitzgerald. Um, I've been a teacher for very, very many years. And um, I started out very um, a very long time ago. I After I'd qualified, I moved to Dubai. So, my first actual job was in Dubai, uh, which was very different then. We're talking about early 80s. Um, and I was teaching at uh, the first SEN school in Dubai, which was very exciting. Um, after that, I had various nursery jobs. Uh, I, I love early years. So, you know, that's that's my foundation. I was in early years. Um, and then from there, I moved to uh, Oman. So in Muscat, Oman, I then ran the uh, creche and nursery for the British Council. And at the same time, I decided that I would be um, an ESL teacher as well. So I worked with a lot of the Omani um, adults and children, which again was really exciting. Um, I had my family out there as well. So, you know, it was all good. It was a really lovely place to be. And then life happens and I got divorced. So it meant that after 17 years of being in the Middle East, I moved back to the UK with my children. You know, lots of new changes, but um, very positive, really, really positive. So we moved back to West Sussex, um, which I, where I hadn't lived before. So again, you know, that was all new, new and exciting. And my first job in the UK was at a local high school. And for some reason, um, it was found that I was quite good at working with children who had um, kind of emotional and behavioral problems uh, along with mental health so um, that's what I did for a, for a quite a few years there really enjoyed that and at the same time I found that you know this is something that I really enjoyed and so I started um, uh, learning with the Open University um, to get a different degree so I did that for a while as well um, and then I got a job as a deputy head teacher in a local pupil referral unit uh, which was great but it was incredibly stressful and again life kind of happened to me so I had the job at the pupil referral unit and as deputy head you know I had to deal with not just pupils who were um having very extreme behaviours uh, for a variety of reasons, but also, you know, staffing <laughs> was a real problem as well. Um, so it was inc incredibly stressful. At the same time, I had um, a new partner and uh, we moved in together with our four children. So I, I had four teenagers in the house um, with all the problems of a blended family as well so um, <clears throat> yeah that was a little bit stressful as well and then in the space of just a few years I lost my mum my dad uh, my younger sister um, a friend uh, my my grandma and some in very difficult circumstances including suicide and I found that uh, for the first time in my life I was experiencing poor mental health myself um, <clears throat> which uh, it was a real surprise to me and um, 
it kind of dented my confidence. I was diagnosed with PTSD and also late onset um, bipolar type 2. So it took me a a while to um, get therapy, to get back to being my normal self. Uh, it It was a bit of a journey, but it was a very interesting journey, finding out what was going on for me, how I could help myself. Um, you know, so from those first kind of weeks and months of confusion and a little bit of despair as well to actually turning things around, finding out about what was going on for me and getting the help that I needed was a really interesting journey. So um, I packed my job up and I went back to early years, uh, which was just so good for my soul. It was just so joyful to be around, you know, young children again. And it was, it, 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 I think it saved me. It really saved me. It was just wonderful. Then um, I've had two books published. So I've had two children's books published and I decided that I wanted to find out about more about mental health and in especially as regards children so I've actually become an instructor for MHFA England as well so uh, pre-COVID I went into schools and organizations teaching about mental health first aid now of course everything's online but you know I'm really pleased to say that I'm reaching a lot of schools and um, you know the need is out there so you know that's kind of what I'm doing now um, but along uh, Along with that, on my journey, I also started up a company called Primary to Secondary um, with another lady, a childcare expert. And we looked into um, mental health, especially, um, and how best to support children and families around that kind of tricky time of primary to second transition. Um, so this is me now. Thank you, Jo. Um- And on that note, talking about transition, um, we wondered how do transition experiences earlier on in a child's life impact how they feel about moving from primary to secondary? Yeah, so it's really important that we get it right from the start. Mm -hmm. It's really crucial. I know that a few weeks ago you had uh, the lovely lady Sonia on talking about that, you know, and, and she mentioned about... Um, you know, very young people, uh, young children, they're the pathways in their in their brain, you know, they're just being formed. And if a young child experiences um, stress of a really poor transition, uh, it can have real effects on their future transitions as well. So for instance, you know, um, leaving a child at nursery, um, if a child has a really stressful Um, reaction to that and it's not handled very well Um, it can set up you know a a kind of a chain a trigger um, for that child when transitions happen in the future Um, I'll I'll give you an example it's really funny when I started out you know finding out about transition one thing that came to my mind was my sister so I had a younger sister and she was born um, 11 months before my younger brother 
So they were very, very close. Um, and my mum had both of them kind of, you know, all the time. It was a 24 hours, seven days a week. They were with my mum uh, and with each other. And when my sister went to nursery, she had a really bad experience. And now I'm talking quite a few years ago. So, you know, practice has changed and, you know, we have a lot more information now. But it wasn't handled very well by the nursery my mum just had to hand her over you know it was the first time that my sister had been away from her mum and her her brother um and I remember my mum just being you know just in floods of tears and um it was as bad I think for my mum as it was for my sister uh I went to um the local village school and when I was at junior school my sister was at primary and we had adjoining playgrounds and I remember getting into huge trouble because on my sister's first day, I could see her sitting in the playground all on her own, you know, sobbing her heart out. And I actually climbed the fence over the playground and got into trouble because I went and sat with her. And then we went to the same secondary school. Now, my sister was um, three years younger than me. Um, so sorry, four years younger than me. Um, so, you know, I was quite up in the secondary school when she started and she had exactly the same experience when she started secondary school. And I would say that it had a really negative effect on her on her confidence, but also on her learning as well. Um, just starting out, you know, those those settings with that those negative feelings, those negative emotions, you know, had a real impact for her. Mm um so how important is it to have a plan for transitions in in a setting or a school because there's loads of different transitions at school that, that children go through you know whether that's going from earliest to reception which is kind of always a big one or you know there's people think of their littler ones but going from like year two to three and then obviously you've got the big big jump from year six to secondary school um how how important is it to have those like conversations and preparations early on in that kind of stage yeah I think it's really important that there are plans for all of those transitions you know we again we heard from Sonia in one of your uh, previous podcasts you know about how some children are more vulnerable and we look at big changes don't we we look at big changes you know like that uh, transition from nursery to reception and we look at primary to secondary um, but there are little changes smaller changes that happen um, sometimes during the day sometimes uh, you know from term to term sometimes from year to year that a lot of children really um find quite distressing and uh, find very, very difficult to cope with. So I think it's really important for any setting, any school to have plans around transition, um, especially when you have more vulnerable children. And I think the key really is um, knowing that there's a need for planning um, to have plans and strategies in place, you know, knowing why we need to to, to do that as teachers as carers it's really important um, and explaining that to all the staff you know all of the staff need to be on board with that um, I think it's also really key to have some consistency as well around that planning and to make sure that everyone is aware um, that you know that planning is in place and this is what we do and when I when I say everyone I'm, I, I mean we need to involve parents as well you know parents need to be on board because they're 
and, and carers because, you know, they're the primary caregivers. Um, and I think, you know, giving them information, giving them strategies as well is, is just as important. And especially when we get to primary to secondary, I think a lot of people research um, by Dundee University, in fact, has, has found that the more we involve parents and carers around that change from primary to secondary, then the better the outcome for all. Um, and I think we forget that parents are going through a transition as well, um, you know, from dropping children off at school gates to, you know, now maybe that child is taking their first independent journey to school. So, you know, there, there are also changes around safety issues. You know, there are changes around not knowing all of their friends, not knowing who they're mixing with, not knowing all of their teachers. Um, so, you know, it's a huge transition for parents as well. And I think, you know, if we can get as much planning and strategy into place to support children and parents and carers, then, you know, the better the outcomes for everyone. I think it, it really goes unnoticed, I think, a lot of the time, that importance of the home link. And if you think, you know, you know, for not, not talking for every family here, but it is kind of, if you think about that transition from year six, to secondary school having been a year six teacher obviously been quite heavily involved in that before but it's it's that you definitely get the you know you can feel it from the children that, that they've got this anchor in year six where they know everyone and they've been there for you've been that primary school maybe for a long time and they know all the teachers but that is now slipping away and they're going to this new place so they don't really know anyone yet so both of those sides are very up in the air but the the family link is the is the constant between both of them you know for most of the time and i think you like you said it's just incredibly important to remember that it factor really is. Yeah. yeah it really is you know and transition um for our children it just it's not just one transition is it you know especially when we're looking at primary to secondary you know it's a time when puberty very often is is happening you know where children are, are reaching adolescence there's all kinds of things going on in their bodies you know there's there's all kinds of things going on with maybe friendship groups as they get older as well you know so going to school maybe making you know as I said before those independent journeys and now of course we've got COVID as well you know and all of the changes around that so transition it it's not just one thing you know what it's become is it's multi-layered mm -hmm. and you know, we have to be very careful around that because for a lot of our more vulnerable children, coping with all of those changes at the same time can just lead to overwhelm. Um, you know, we know that 50% of mental health uh, disorders start before the age of 14. And um, research has shown that a lot of that can happen around transition when all of those changes are happening at once. So it's something that we really need to be aware of and we really need to be able to manage well. Mm. Joe, we've, we've talked a bit at the moment about that kind of preparation for transition. And um, uh, can you talk a little bit about then, I guess you'd call it the, re the receiving end, if you like. So the receiving school. So if we're, I suppose if we're talking primary to secondary, for example, the secondary school, but also I guess the receiving space, if you're the reception class receiving children from an early year setting or year one class receiving children from reception anywhere that you, if you're receiving, is there, does, the, does that kind of um, transition plan need to continue into the new space and how important is that? 
Yeah, I think it does need to continue. So, you know, if you can, if you can do a handover, um, if you're, if you have a really good relationship with, you know, your feeder school or maybe, you know, the member of staff that is then taking over, it, it, it's vital. Um, and it's really vital to share information. I think information is key, you know, information about, about children about the pupils information about you know maybe what's going on for them outside of school um it it's really important that we have a real um a really deep knowledge um and a real holistic knowledge of each of the pupils that you know we're going to be looking after and as i say consistency is really important you know one of the things i think you just mentioned is about those huge changes that children go through i've been working with a few schools where um they're small village schools so you have children who who maybe have just seven or eight pupils in their year group who are now going to secondary schools where there might be 2,000 children um, and maybe you know 300 in their year group um, you know that there are huge changes and to get that consistency of of care is is quite difficult I think it can be very very disjointed especially in places where um, there are a lot of feeder schools going into quite a few secondary schools it mm. can be very very difficult to maintain those relationships between between schools um, but I do think it's something that we should really strive for because the outcomes for children are, you know, are so much better. Again, you know, research by Dundee University into transition and they're leaders in transition of all kinds. They, they do huge research. Um, but, you know, one of their recommendations is that primary and secondary schools have better working relationships with each other. Um, better communication because very often children do kind of you know tend to slip through um, which which can be you know very detrimental yeah I think I've definitely found that to be to be true I, I think the more part of the problem is it, it seems the the transition um, plans if you like differ from setting to setting too too much and I think you know as a as a year six teacher sending my pupils off to maybe five different schools um and having obviously meeting you know we do have those transition meetings where the people from secondary school come in and we talk about the kids and that but they all it's all quite different you know they all ask different questions and they might do different things with that information after the fact and things yeah. like that so I think you know that as Lloyd we were saying before consistency in this in yeah. this kind of thing is very important Really important. I think one um, thing that I found, which I think is a real positive, is uh, my husband's governor for a local special needs school. And I've done quite a lot of work with them as well, staff with mental health training. And um, when their pupils are going up to the next school, to the secondary level school, um, they if a, if a child has an EHC plan, then they know in year five, which children are going to uh, which new right, school, yeah. you know? And mm. so they have all of that time to share information for the child to get used to, um, you know, uh, a new setting to, you know, whatever new teacher. There are lots and lots of visits planned. Um, 
and and I think for me that just shows that it it can be done you know it can be done well this school is just phenomenal the you know the care that they give the the work that they put into making sure that transition is as seamless for the for the child and family as possible is really important Mm. Um, and there are lots of schools you know doing it right out there um you know it can be done unfortunately as you said you know the the dov doesn't give a lot of direction over transition Mm. um so it can be very patchy um you know and keeping it cohesive can be can be a real problem yeah i think that actually probably links to our next question um what about those children who may need extra support so maybe someone who's who's had like a bad experience with the transition in in the past could you give an example of like good practice in that area what makes that transition go well for for that child yeah sure so um let me let me tell you about um somebody that we met that had had a really bad experience of transition so we were doing podcasts for our primary to secondary and we met this amazing young guy called uh azim amir now azim is a um he has sight impairment so he's been blind uh, from birth he's an exceptional football player and uh, aspiring Paralympian and I know he'll get there he's just amazing he now runs his own company um, where he uses sport to um, get the message of disability out there and uh, he's just amazing and he was telling us about his experience of transition so he Uh, from year six he then went into a mainstream secondary school and obviously um, his primary school had given the secondary school all the information uh, you know on um, Azim's needs and you know what was happening for him he's a really really bright guy and he was given um, a lovely support assistant who he was really lucky he'd actually worked with her in primary and she went with him to secondary so for him that was great But unfortunately, there was a real gap because what he found was that um, when he started in lessons, he was given the same worksheets as everybody else. So it meant that um, his support assistant hadn't had time to change them into Braille for him. Mm. So it meant that every lesson he was behind everyone else. Um, And because he wasn't able to work independently because it wasn't hadn't been put into braille he couldn't work with his peers so there was no chance of doing pair work or group work or you know and for him he found that that really meant that he was marginalized a little bit isolated um and it and it was a real barrier for him and all it would have taken was a little bit of foresight really for you know teachers to to have known to have to have had a bit more information that actually if you give these you know two or maybe even a week in advance then the support assistant you know can change them into braille and and Azim's experience would have just been so much better for him So that's an experience of bad practice. But luckily, I also, you know, when we were working with primary to secondary, we also saw so much good practice as well, which was really encouraging. And one that springs to mind is uh, Sandwell Borough Council. So they actually have appointed a transition manager, um, a lovely lady called Liz. Um, And it's her job to make sure that... um, 
there's communication between primary and secondary schools that everything's running clearly uh, everything's running really cohesively and um you know the the primary schools the secondary schools they have lots of meetups with the staff involved there's lots of communication lots of information sharing one thing that they've done which you know for me it was just fantastic to see was they have a standard form so the standard form starts off with primary um, year six and the year six teachers write down everything in this in this form um, and what happens is when the information is filled in it's then color coded as well so all the information is passed on to uh, the secondary schools in the same format everyone's getting the same information and the color codes also um, send a flag out to the year six um, head of year to the teachers to the school in general about which uh, young people are more vulnerable which ones have specific needs which might need a little more, bit more help and what kind of help those young people need so you know for us that was just the best practice um, and we spoke to a lot of the schools as well that were in you know Samuel Borough Council um, and they all had just had so many positive things to say um, and also the feedback from parents was fantastic you know they felt involved they felt part of the process they felt that um, their child had been seen uh, had been noticed and there was so much information sharing. It was fantastic, you know, and I, I think if we could do that on a national scale, it would just be fantastic. That's really interesting, Joe, as well, isn't it? Because that, that doesn't sound complicated, that, no. you know, which is also what makes it good practice is that it doesn't sound onerous. It doesn't sound difficult. It just sounds really simple and really informative. Um, you know, and just helps everybody, which is fantastic. We've we've touched a little bit on on parents already, parents and families and carers. But I just wonder, do you think families get enough support at times of um, setting or school transition? And does the support change from early years transitions to kind of the end of key stage to secondary transitions? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I've worked obviously from early years uh, to secondary. And, um, you know, working with primary to secondary, we've also had an awful lot of feedback from, mm -hmm. you know, from everyone involved, really. Um, we all know that, you know, at nursery, at primary, I think families are much more involved. You know, there's that handover, isn't there, at the end of the day for, to, you know, a parent or carer. Um, you know they can they can use tapestry which is wonderful you know to share information which is you know it's hugely important you have uh, nativity you know going on you have you know various um i don't know meet and greet you know you as for a nursery um parents are in contact with the staff every day you know it, it it, it's great it really is great and then moving on to primary again there's that involvement of parents you know going to assemblies you know school plays all of that kind of stuff open days um you know where family is really encouraged to to join in um and 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 also that meet up at school gates as well you know with parents and carers that can be really really valuable i think and then we get to secondary and 
everything changes. And um, I think parents to a certain extent are not forgotten, but things change very much. So communication is by email or through an app um, or staff rely on telling children what to relay to their parents, which I know from being a parent doesn't always work very <laughs> well. Um, ch- parents don't meet at the school gate anymore. Uh, and I think sometimes there's that real, I don't know, detachment almost, you know, of, of um, school and family. And I think, you know, a lot of the time also is, as as teachers it's quite difficult to get to know family as well as you do um, if you're working in a primary school as if you're working in a nursery you know it's very difficult to 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 know the background uh, very often so you know I've certainly seen with transition a lot of parents said to us you know well we didn't really get much information so in year six it was great we got you know a couple of letters back at the beginning of term um, and again, once we knew that, you know, which school our children was going to, we, you know, we got a, a letter from the school. Um, and then we didn't really hear anything else until kind of, you know, the last term, like the last few weeks in term. Um, and I think sometimes for the, by the parents' perspective, there's a real gap in information. Um, with COVID, of course, everything, you know, has become even worse. So whereas parents could go to open days of schools, um, you know, they haven't always been able to. So you're not meeting staff. You're not meet, you're not having a look around the school. Um, I know things are changing now. You know, things are going back, which is great. But I would say to parents, secondary school pa- parents, you know, with parents of year six, um, Go and see as many schools as possible. You know, meet the teachers, ask lots of questions. It's it's really important. It's important on two levels. You know, the first thing is you've got to find the right school for your child. So it might not necessarily be the one that's just down the road or, um, you know, the one that your best friend's child goes to. You know, do have a look at all of them because it really, if you can, it needs to be a really good fit for your child. And they a lot of you know in a lot of areas you don't necessarily get that choice um but do take the time and, and trouble to to go and visit schools uh, i think you know it, it it's really vital um ask questions about the schools you know try and find as much as you can out on where uh, on websites it's really important and again if you're at a primary school talk to parents who maybe have um children in various secondary schools about their experiences because I think sometimes that can be really useful um, try and find out as much as possible I do think that there is a gap and I think a lot of secondary schools can do things a lot better you know that onboarding is really important not just for the children you know the new intake but also for families it's really important to to include them um, and, you know, research, again, research shows that, you know, the best outcomes for all are when parents are really involved. Yeah. I mean, you might have answered some of our last question a little bit with that as well. But would, what advice would you give to, to parents and carers who's, who've got children starting 
secondary school and would that advice change at all if it's a if it's a child uh, moving from early years to reception so obviously the the going to loads of different schools and asking lots of questions and stuff any more than that and does that change at all I think you know what I've just been saying about finding the right fit for your child you know try mm. and go and see as many settings as possible um when I was at, you know, when I was at nursery school, working at nursery school, we certainly encouraged parents to go and have a look at, at, at other nurseries, you know, other, other facilities. Um, because again, you know, you, you do want to get the best fit, not just for your child, but also for your family as well. And settings do vary from place to place. So, you know, have a think about what's important to you. What, what are your values? What do you want from that setting? And does the setting, you know, meet those needs? You know, write it down if you have to, so that, you know, you can ask those questions and, and find out as much as you can. Um, yeah, I would say do your research is really important. Um, you know, talk to staff talk to um, other parents that have their children in different settings um, and and I would say you know when I talk about settings that certainly means nurseries but it also means primary schools um, and secondary schools it's I think the more information we can have as parents uh, the better the fit for the child and I think also um, something that you know I'm, I, I feel really strongly about is when um, parents get to that you know having to choose the school for their child involve your child I've heard mm. you know so many stories in fact I was do you know what I was in the co-op at one point and there were people in front of me obviously it was a time when you know people were having to go and visit schools and choose schools and there are a couple of women in front of me with their children and one lady was saying oh you know I want them to go to this school because it's new they've got you know the best facilities this that and 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 you know whatever and I heard the little boy saying to his friend I don't want to go there I want to go to such and such because Charlie's going there and Ben's going there you know in fact the same thing happened in my family. So my cousins had actually moved house, um, you know, years ago so that when they had children, their children would go to this secondary school. Um, it's a local secondary school and they liked it because it had a really good reputation, great facilities, um, very academic. You know, it was it was fantastic. And um, when their eldest got to year six, um, he wanted to go to the school that was just down the road for, from him. And um, his mum and dad were really against it. It didn't have a great reputation. Um, but he wanted to go there because all his friends were going there mm. and he could cycle there from home. And it was really important to him. Mm. And there was a lot of anxiety around it at the time. You know, this 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 young boy was feeling a lot of anxiety because he knew what his mum and dad wanted, but he didn't want that. And a great thing was that they just started talking together and you know that's so vital keep that communication open um, about what you want not just about what you want for your child but also what what your child wants for themselves is really important also I think you know we talked a little bit before about anxiety um, it's really important I think to share you know that communication to share worries as well there's a really good 
research paper called the STARS report, which was done several years ago. And one of the things that they looked at in the STARS report, which is all centered around the change from primary to secondary, were worries and anxieties. And they found that children and parents had quite different worries. So for children, one of the biggest worries about going to secondary school was losing old friends. And they also worried about getting lost and bullying. And for parents, the top three worries were bullying was in there, but they also worried about safety and they worried about homework, you know, getting lots of homework. And I think uh, sometimes we can assume that, you know, our children have got the same worries as us, whereas actually they don't. So, you know, do talk about worries and and try and problem solve, I think, as a family, you know, well, I'm I'm a bit worried about this. What could we do together to solve this? Problem solving is is really important. Um, you know, get get the whole family on board with that. That's actually really useful information for schools and other settings to know, I suppose, exactly what what um, you know, are they um what are the parents and the children in, in their area currently worried about during transition? Because if they know that, then plans can be tailored and put in place, I suppose, you know. Yeah, it is, it is important. And there's some great research out there, you know, that really identifies that. So, you know, it's something that I think we should all be aware of, especially now. Um, I'm finding that, you know, working with a lot of schools, um, rates of um, child anxiety, for instance, is really going up. So, you know, the, the more we can work as practitioners to, to help dispel that anxiety, to talk about worries um, for our children, then, you know, the better. It's really important. When I was um, thinking about this podcast, Joe, I, so I worked um, in early years and key stage. And so I was quite often when I was in early years doing that initial transition from home to an early years setting. And I was lucky enough to be able to do home visits. Um, and I was thinking about that move from that wonderful luxury and, and, and privilege. It's, it's an honor, isn't it, that, that families invite you into their home for a home visit, you know, and you get to spend time with, with the parents and carers and the children in their own space. The difference between that and then secondary, as you were describing a little bit earlier, you know, is phenomenal, really, isn't it? Because, you know, you're, you're, you, you get to spend this this precious half an hour or whatever it is that you get in a, in a, in a home within a family's home and really talk to them about what's important to them and see them see the child in their own space which is very different to seeing the child in the setting and all these kinds of things and then and then yeah by the time that the children go on to secondary those teachers don't get that opportunity at all in the same way and it it really made me reflect on how different that is um and the other thing I was going to say was when you were just talking then about um choosing secondary schools and involving your children in it and and I was reflecting as you were talking on my own children's experience of so I've had three children who have chosen secondary schools with us. And, um, and one of the things that was really important for them was the location in terms of, um, so never mind what the school was like particularly, although that was important as well, I should say. But, you know, um, we, we live in a place where there's a school about half an hour's walk away from where we are, which is kind of in the town. So it's kind of the local secondary school. And then there's a, then we're lucky enough to have 
another couple of schools that are bus rides away. But of course, their feeder and their intake may be much further away again than that. And then I remember there were whole conversations around, well, if we make new friends, which we hope we will, where will those new friends be, you know, and how far away will they be? And I remember one of my children, you know, we got really analytical about that and got the map out and was kind of looking at, well, that's miles away. You know, if someone comes from over there to go to that school, that's mine. It was, it was a really important part of it to them. So there are, going back to what you were saying about what, what do children think about and what do, do parents and carers think about, and they're not necessarily the same thing. That was clearly very important. The sort of physical location of the school mattered very much to my children. Yeah, very much so. You know, and, and one of the things that you just said there, you know, a big thing is about friendship groups. Mm. And again, research shows that, you know, having um, solid friendship groups is so important to a child's well-being uh, in year six. Um, and then moving forward, of course, through the rest of the school, I think it's 35 percent of children stay with the same friendship uh, group or, you know, friends that they had in primary school. 70 around 70 percent will stay in touch with a lot of the um, people from primary school that, you know, either have or haven't moved to the new school with them. Um, and most make new friends, um, you know, quite easily over over you know a few months but it's really important I think that children do have people friends that they know that move with them um you know it can be really good for their well-being um on the other hand you know something to also think about sadly is you know if your child has had a really bad experience with certain peers at a school you know where is that where is that child going? Are they going to go to the same school? Is that bullying or, you know, that nastiness going to carry on? Um, because, it, you know, sadly, it does have a real impact on, on a child's well-being. So there are so many things, aren't there, you know, to consider when we are choosing schools. Um, that's all the questions that we had for you, Joe. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us and sharing all your expertise with us. It's been really, really interesting. Well, thank you. It's been yeah. a pleasure. It's been great. Pleasure.